the It'll Make Sense in the End um, discussion on our podcast today. We have myself, Nicolette, Slater, Morgan, and Brianna. So we're going to start out by introducing ourselves. So once again, my name is Nicolette. I am um, 39 years old. I'm a mother of two, married, live in rural, rural Ohio. Um, I have a background. I've worked in the dental field for the last 15 years, um, transitioning over to being a teacher. Um, so my specialty will be um, sci- middle school science. And I enjoy reading. Um, we've been taking a class uh, with Dr. Cordy at Ohio University. And this is one of our experiments so i've learned a lot i've read a lot here recently in young adult literature um like i said i enjoy it so slater um i'm your other host slater um i'm currently studying to be a middle childhood teacher for english language arts as well as social studies and i am also in the class with dr cordy this is my junior year of college and I have read usually typically books that are geared towards middle school literature some of like the better books that I've personally enjoyed were the Percy Jackson books um more recently Orbiting Jupiter and even last semester I had read Holes and Number the Stars which I hadn't before and really enjoyed both of those books I am 22 years old and hopefully graduating next semester and our other host is Morgan. Thanks Slater. So I'm your other host Morgan. Um, I'm also 22, junior in college. Um, We all are in Dr. Cordy's class as everybody else has said. Um, I've never really enjoyed reading. (laughs) Um, For this class it's kind of like I'm forcing myself to do it and I actually do really really enjoy it. So I feel like when I'm reading these books it's almost like I missed out on reading middle school literature in middle school because I didn't want to read. It wasn't the cool thing to do. It wasn't fun so I just didn't do it. Um, But now that I'm doing it older I feel like I do have a better like appreciation for the books in a sense because I like feel like I can understand it more. Um, But yeah, I'm also in rural Ohio. And yeah, over to Brianna. Um, Hello. So I'm Brianna and I am the fourth host. Um, And I am 22 years old. I'm from rural Ohio as well. Um, I'm recently married and I have two dogs. Um, I'm studying to be a middle school ELA and science teacher. Um, and a little bit background, whenever, whenever I was in middle school, I was actually a struggling reader, um, but I had a teacher help me, um, and eventually after that help, she kind of transitioned me to be a dependent and fluent reader, um, and so ever since, I've loved reading, um, I love a good book, um, so Whenever I was in middle school, I'd always have a list prepared for my mom right before summer to buy me new books. Um, So a lot of the books that we've been reading in Dr. Cordy's class, I've already read, um, but I enjoy rereading them. Um, I mainly read fiction and also personal development books, um, but 
one of my main topics that I love reading about is the Holocaust. And I actually um, found that love in middle school whenever we were um, forced to read a book called The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. Um, and so that really fueled my interest in Holocaust fiction books. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the book that we are focusing on today is When You Reach Me by Rebecca Stead. Um, and if Slater could lead us in a little background on that, that would be our next step. Yeah, so just a brief overview on some background on Rebecca. She writes fiction for teens and children, um, her debut novel was actually First Light that came out in 2007. She often credits her son for inspiring what she writes and getting her to kind of be geared towards writing literature because originally she was a lawyer before that and she is married to an attorney and currently lives in Manhattan, which you can definitely see on the book we're talking about the influence of her personal life that correlates to the writing itself. So now, with just a general overview of Rebecca, we want to go in and kind of share our initial reactions to the reading itself. So I'm just going to start and kind of give my general initial reactions to the reading itself. So when I read it, overall, I can't say the story itself resonated with me specifically or captured my interest. It was well written and I can definitely see why it would have a large appeal to readers at the middle level. I think one thing me and Nicolette had discussed before was a point I brought up was a common theme in middle school literature that this one again brings about is friendship or lack of friendship even when you talk about characters like the main character Miranda and Sal and how their friendship really just divides one day because of when Marcus punches Sal's kind of like the beginning of where it splits because he wants to meet more friends whereas Miranda has never even had like I think she's in the sixth grade I believe and she hasn't even had like another female friend till their split and they go about meeting other friends like Anna Marie and Julia and Marcus and again I see where it can appeal a lot largely because of the themes in it such as time travel and friendship for middle school but the story itself to me just didn't click I can't specifically point what I didn't enjoy about it because it's not necessarily that it was written poorly or anything like that. It won the Newbery Award. It's a good book. But for my specific interest, I guess I just was not intrigued enough. I don't know if anyone has like something they want to add to that. I felt the same way. Um, I actually kind of felt a little, I don't know, bad for not really liking it because it was, you know, it was a Newbery winner. So I felt like, all right, what am I not... What am I not seeing? What am I not getting from this this whole whole thing? But you know, everyone has their own opinions on books. Like you said, it wasn't it wasn't a bad book. Um, it was just okay um, in the subject matter. But I think that is okay because really, 
it is geared more for, you know, youth. Um, I think as being an older reader, I didn't have that, you know, real exciting, real in-depth um, plot, I guess, that I was looking at. It kind of almost only hit the surface, but I wanted to know more of certain things, like the whole time travel thing and, and all that. So I think it was it was definitely geared more toward a younger younger reader and i think after figuring that out that you know that's okay and that's probably why i didn't really didn't really uh care for it all that much um i kind of had like the same view ish as nicolette i actually somewhat enjoyed the book though um i could tell definitely when reading it like everybody said it was written really well but i could tell some of the words she uses and like diction choices that it is geared towards middle school and obviously that's the case um (laughs) but i think that as an adult i would like that book a lot if it had more mature content and had like deeper um deeper like connections and deeper like meanings within the characters and like their friendships because I definitely think like it has good bones and it is a good middle school book but I think it could be even transitioned to an adult book if it just had like a little bit more of like a deeper thought or something like that um so I personally I think that I struggle connecting with the book and um, you know, the plot and everything that happens in the book, but I can see how a middle schooler would connect with it, um, especially when you look at Miranda and Sal's relationship and how um, there were hurt feelings, really, um, between the two, and so it caused the relationship to split in the beginning of the book and everything um, that happened with the punch from the boy and just that one incident causing their friendship to break apart. And that happens a lot in middle school. Um, So there was really a lot of good reflection in the book of middle schoolers and things that go on in their lives daily. But as far as for me, like, I remember that being a thing in middle school. But I think the way the book, like, was written maybe and the going back in time and, um, them referencing a wrinkle in time a lot i just wasn't able to deeply connect with the book which to me whenever i'm reading a book i want to deeply connect and get emotionally involved in a book and so i guess it wasn't there for me but i guess that since it did get that newberry award like there must be a lot more people out in the world that did deeply connect with it and for me it just wasn't there and i think something to continue off of what you said that i felt were important points was the um idea of connection and relatability which i feel like you know if you're not connecting with the story it's definitely not going to resonate with you as much and i think a big reason kind of probably why it does for younger readers and stuff is the relatability of being able to find themselves in the text itself and whether it be something like friendship and or lack of it and what they're dealing with their personal lives almost a way to find themselves in the text and make that connection to the reading so to kind of jump in we talked about this book being a newberry award winner 
Um, so let's just think about, I, I looked up the criteria because I personally did not know what it took to be a Newberry Award winner. Um, so to, uh, when I looked it up, it said that it's distinguished contribution to American literature find as text in a book for children. So it just has to be a children's book. Um, some, it, what does that mean? Distinguished contribution. So to go into a little bit more, what it has, it says committee members need to consider the following interpretation of the theme or concept, um, presentation of the information, accuracy, clarity, organization, development of plot, delineation of characters, delineation of a setting, and appropriateness of style. Um, and then from there, it just had to be um, first published in the United States. The, the author has to be a citizen of the United States. Um, so it, it is, you know, uh, an award for American um, authors. Um, it could be published in another country at the same time as it is being published in the U.S., but it can't be published someone, somewhere else beforehand. Other than that, um, there, the committee is made up of about 15, I think it was 15 or 16 people um, from the, let's see, the Association for Library Service to Children. Um, so I was wondering, and I couldn't look it up, I couldn't find the answer to it, um, was how many books these people were actually viewing within within the year because if it met those certain criteria, which isn't really a whole lot, I didn't think, um, they could send it in and it could be considered for a Newbery Award. So to think of how many books that are possibly being sent in for these people to be reviewing them, I mean, that is just... That's a lot of reading. <laughs> For sure. Um, I also looked up some parts of this because I was also curious on how this book like won this award and what it meant. And when I looked it up, it says that each committee member votes for three books. So to be able to choose three books out of, like you said, who knows how many, like, I feel like that's kind of hard to be able to decide between all these books and you can only choose three. And then their first choice gets, what did it say? The first choice gets four points. The second choice gets three points. And then the third choice gets two points. And that's how they decide, like, who the winner is. So I just thought that was also an interesting thing as well. I mean, I feel like there's probably some time frame also that they have to read all of these books and then choose the top three. So it's hard for it to be a non-biased selecting of the three books as well. And like um, Nicolette said, 16 people is on the committee. And to me, that's like nothing compared to how many people in, the, in America that has actually read these books. Yeah, so it, I mean, obviously there's could be controversy because uh, you know, when somebody's winning something, somebody else is not going to be happy. So, and I read that, you know, there was some controversy on how, how they're picking these. Um, so you're, like I said, you're, there's always going to be somebody that's not going to agree with whatever it is. And like, we all didn't necessarily see that maybe, you know, don't know that it, I don't want to say it didn't deserve the medal, but there might have been something else that we would have liked better, um, depending on on uh, the circumstances of whatever was being read. But 
I can see with that criteria what they were looking at, why it was picked, looking at her um, videos from the Library of Congress. Um, she they, they had the national 2010 National Book Festival on there. Um, I loved her. I loved her message. I really enjoyed listening to how, you know, she got her ideas and kind of put it all into the, to the book. So, I mean, like I said, I feel bad. I almost feel bad for not feeling more for the whole, the whole book. But like I said, I really did. I felt a connection with her and where she, she was coming from. Um, so if you haven't looked at that video, I would suggest that you look at it. And like I said, it's a 2010 National Book Festival um, with Rebecca said. She just was very, she spoke about how, you know, she was, she always had a love for writing. She was very insecure. That's kind of why she didn't go down that road to begin with, which for me, that was the same thing. I was very insecure with myself. That's why I didn't want to, didn't feel comfortable going into teaching at the beginning. Um, so she kind of really just, pushed the fact that you know telling these younger kids that you know don't be afraid don't beat yourself down and belittle the things that you do because that's not doing anyone any good um you really just need to kind of put yourself out there and and do what you love to do and don't be afraid of doing that so that she was really really good speaker so, um, things about the book. What did we want to talk about? I know we had talked about, um, we noted that uh, Wrinkle in Time was a big part of, of this book. So, has anyone read The Wrinkle in Time? Honestly, I have never even, like, before reading this book, I had not even heard of A Wrinkle in Time. I've only heard of, like like I said, the Disney remake movie of it, but I haven't seen it, and before that, I've never even heard of the book or anything like that. Same. Um, I haven't read The Wrinkle in Time, um, and it, the book references it quite a bit, um, because the main character, Miranda, um, apparently she really loves <laughs> A Wrinkle in Time, um, but I just feel like if it's referencing it a lot, it's something that students should be able to connect with as well. Um, and even the teacher, um, themselves. And if I'm teaching this book, it's, and it's hard for me to connect, I feel like it's almost a mishap to teach it without having that background. Um, and so I was looking into the wrinkle in time and actually the, published date was January 1st of 1962, which is way before my time. <laughs> um, so I feel like if I'm not able to, um, if I have not read it, the majority of my students probably have not read it or seen the original movie, um, just because I'm well older than them. So just a little tidbit, little information that I found out actually by watching that video of hers. Um, and I thought the same thing that with that being referenced in the book so many times, I thought maybe I was missing out on something. Apparently she actually added that in almost 
after the book was already done. So it really wasn't that important in the book. And that, I believe that was a Newbery winner too. I, I haven't read it either. And like I said, I felt like I was missing something, not have, you know, read it ever. But it really, from her point of view, it didn't, it didn't uh, make that big of a difference in the book. But it seemed like it did. And now she said she had actually not... Um, it had the whole time travel aspect, so that's kind of why she put it in there. But she had to reread it because she hadn't read it in such a long time. And when she reread it, she reread it through the eyes of Marcus in the book. And that's where she kind of actually noticed like the whole broccoli patch scene where that was noted in the book, um, noted the discrepancy in it. So even though it looked like it was really important in the book, it really didn't play that big of a part in it. After hearing that, do you guys think that the book would have been like better or worse if she took out the parts that involve a wrinkle in time? Or do you think it would have like made a difference at all? I think... Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think because it's referenced a lot, I felt like um, without knowing what Nicolette just said about what the author, um, how she last minute put it in, and it really wasn't an important part. I feel like if I wouldn't have, not knowing that, I felt like I had to read The Wrinkle in Time, like for some reason, just because it was referenced a lot. But knowing that she put it in last minute and that she says it's really not important, then it makes me feel a little bit better. And maybe if I were to go back and reread um, the book, then maybe I would connect better. Um, but I feel like seeing now, maybe it isn't so important um, to have to read. But I feel like it's important in the book that if it was left out, I don't know and to add on to like what Nicolette was saying just a little bit ago, A Wrinkle in Time did win a Newbery Award in 1963. It was the uh, winner. I have a list pulled up for that. And as for its importance in the story and how it was added after, I personally don't think it would be very impactful, you know, like its, its significance having known that or if it was removed, like it actually really changing what the story did for me or how it did it for me personally. I think it was just a nice little addition. It was kind of just a, a, if you had already read that book, it was kind of like an extra fun little, little twist to it. And really, if you're looking at it from, you know, a teacher's point of view, if you wanted to maybe do a lesson where you were comparing the two novels since they were both, you know, Newbery winners, um, you know, in different time periods, I think that would be an interesting thing um, for students to kind of, to look at. Yeah, and to even continue off the idea of this book just in the classroom and teaching, I just feel like with it specifically, I know we've talked about it a little bit now, but it would be something you could really do a lot with in the classroom for teaching. I know we all made creations on this, like for example... I did a board game out of it and included elements from the story in it and just like the themes that it does explore having the 
more relatability and connection to middle schoolers if you were going to have them read a book that's one that would probably resonate with more of the students and you could really build off that in what you do with the book to really stick with students so i just thought like it, it definitely is a really good book that i could see being like taught Mm -hmm. Yeah, and kind of touching base on that, I mean, there were multiple things that are relatable for younger students and to be, you know, lessons to be taught. I mean, you had the lesson of, you know, it has the racial aspect where um, there was that little moment kind of where, um, what is it, the Jimmy and yeah. made that comment about, yeah, and kind of misinterpreted what, what Miranda had said, but it was that whole aspect you also had where um Miranda finally realized you know that she was being how mean she was being so you know thinking about that and maybe like bullying aspects um you had the part where you know the mother's a single mother you know Miranda's there spending a lot of time by herself um the aspect of all the you know making friends and not just having you know, one specific friend that you spend all your time with. So there, there are a bunch of different, you know, learning aspects from, from the book. Yeah, and to build off that, actually, something that makes me think about now is, like, something so important when we're picking books to, you know, teach in school, we're really choosing what we're exposing students to or topics or things like that. And I think it's very important to expose students to things that are important because also you have to think about the message like what you're not teaching the message that sense of what's not important or things going on in the world or you know advocating for things like if that's not in the classroom that also sends a message by it not being taught or anything like that so by selecting literature that touches on real world problems and topics and things going on, it's really exposing students to it. Maybe not directly, but they're experiencing it through the story, which I think is very important. And also, like, when we're choosing our books for our classroom, we can't, we shouldn't always um, pick books that only we are connecting with because the things that students are going through um, in their lives is com probably completely different than what we are experiencing so like even though I didn't connect with this book there is a lot of good examples and content in the book um that I think students should um be exposed to and they're probably going to connect deeply with this book compared to me so I feel like sometimes we want to only give someone a book that we connected with and be like, this is such a good book. You should read it. And we do that in our classrooms. Um, so I really think that uh, this book does have things that students would connect with. I'm, I'm glad you said that because actually when they were talking about like the Newberry winners and all that and um, how there was some controversy, that was one of the big things is that, they felt like a lot of times people were picking books that were not geared so much towards the younger um, readers, which that is really what the whole Newberry Medal is about, is the younger readers. Um, and once I read that, they said that there was 
the books that adults would pick for the younger readers and what the younger readers would pick for themselves, there's only about like a 5% overlap. So really they are picking up books that are a lot different than what we, what we would choose ourselves. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about the Newbery Prize earlier. I was thinking, how old are these people that are judging these books? Because how can they relate to a middle schooler and know what a middle schooler wants? I mean, they probably think, but like, I don't know. I, that was just a question that I thought of too, and that I'm glad you hit on it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. And when I had looked that up, I think that big controversy was actually in 2008 and she was the 2010 winner so i'm wondering if there was really a change in the way that they were thinking on the winners of the books since we all kind of felt this was definitely geared more towards the younger readers i wonder if that had something to do with it i was looking i had just finished reading another book um which was a newberry winner um i think it's the, the witch of blackbird pond which I love that book, but thinking about whether, like, my daughter who's in middle school, I mean, she might like it because it's, I think it's more of a, I hate to say it, but it's more of a girly book. Um, and so I really, I would have a hard time thinking if I, to, you know, told all the students to read this, that most of them, I really don't think that they would love it the way, the way I did. So, but anyway. There's another book for you to try out. <laughs> How I said that I really enjoy reading Holocaust fiction. Um, not all of my students might not like reading about the Holocaust, especially now, just because, like, I'm not saying it's not important because it's really important for them to learn, and they do learn it in history. Um, but they're a younger group, and the more the years go by, the more unrelevant things become to these students. So, and I think it's very important to teach them these unrelevant things. But as far as reading comes, they have to relate to the things that they're reading. And so just because I like the Holocaust, either. I also was thinking, um, like, con like connectivity ways for this book is a way if a student in your class is like I really like my science class I'm not a huge fan of this English class that I'm in whatever um you can be like well this book they're talking about time travel it's kind of you can relate it to science in a way it's not just a book for like English language arts people it can be used in different subjects as well right now I think that's especially important at the middle level when you have like you know, teachers collaborating more so to make that connection across, like, content areas and try to, you know, help students make those connections or maybe they, you know, connect more with one sec subject versus another. I know I definitely did when I was younger because I was not, like, into science whatsoever. That was not my thing. Um, did All we right. want... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, was there anything else that we wanted to touch on before we end our discussion? I don't have anything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I really have anything else to add. I think we talked about kind of our thoughts on the books and really hit on the important aspects of everything I had wanted to cover. So I'm good. I agree. 
All right, guys, I guess that's a wrap for today. So have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you.